I just think about that a lot because I'm like, you know, I think in our in our fast-paced world, it can it can start to seem as though, you know, if you're not seen and heard immediately, then you don't matter. Yeah. Um, but that's just not true. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. On today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, I get to talk with the one and only Morgan Harper Nichols. I'm sure you'll be able to tell from my conversation with her when you listen that I was really, really excited to talk to Morgan. And the reason is because in addition to being an artist and a poet, Morgan is one of those writers whose words I've returned to personally over and over again in my life, just because they bring such comfort to me and such joy and such transformation. And that's exactly what we're about here at Find Your Voice. It's why I started this company. And that's why I, why I started this podcast. So I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation. Morgan talks today about how she still feels nervous every time before she shares something new with her audience. And she talks about why it's actually good that we feel a little bit nervous. She shares the playlist that she uses when she sits down to write. I was really excited about this. I'm definitely going to be looking up that playlist and using that for my writing time. And she also talks about her new book called How Far You Have Come, Musings on Beauty and Courage. I'm not joking when I say I have already pre-ordered this book. And every time Morgan comes out with a new book, I pre-order it pre-order it immediately without even asking any questions because her words are just that powerful for me. Her book is sitting on my desk right now, All Along You Were Blooming. That's her last book, along with a couple of other books that I always keep close at hand, Mary Oliver's book of poetry and also John O'Donohue's book of blessings. She's an incredible, beautiful writer. You're going to be so blessed by her work if you haven't been already. And I'm so excited to get to introduce this conversation to you. Do you have a sense that you have a story you want to write, but you aren't sure you want to publish it? Or maybe you're definitely sure you don't want to publish, but the idea of writing your personal story sounds like something you might like to try. Finally, finally, I have a resource for you. For over a decade, myself and my team at Find Your Voice have been supporting authors who have powerful stories that they want to publish in the format of a book. And over all those years, I've watched as the power of writing down a personal story brought clarity to these authors, brought healing to their lives, and ultimately helped them take back their lives from critics, from past mistakes, from a culture that wanted to define them or put them in a box. But until now, I didn't have a great resource for someone who wanted to write their story, not for publishing, but for taking back their power. So if that's you, this is exciting news. Right now, you can go to writeyourstory.com and for free, you can download a simple worksheet that's going to walk you through the beginning steps of outlining your personal story. All you have to do is complete the questions on the worksheet, watch the videos, and I'll teach you not only how to tell your story, but how to take back your life by telling your story. 
I'm going to teach you how to know what's really interesting about your personal story, how to know where the story starts and where it stops, and I'll even teach you a trick that the pros use to take their writing from good to great. Don't wait another day to write your story and take back your life. Head to writeyourstory.com right now and download your free worksheet. Hi, and welcome to the podcast, Morgan Harper Nichols. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be chatting with you today. I was telling you before we hit record, but I've been a huge fan of your work for a long time. And I find your words, you're the perfect person for us to talk to on this show because the show is all about the power that words have to create transformation in our lives and in our communities and in the world. And your words are the very epitome of that. The mm-hmm. simplest, I mean, I don't I don't say simple as like a, you know, they're they're simple and profound at the same time, but even just a few words that I run across on Instagram have a way of just transforming the way that I feel about myself instantly, transforming the experience that I'm having in a day. And I think that's really, it's a special gift that you've been given. So I'm really excited to get to learn from you and for our listeners to get to learn from you today too. Oh, well, thank you for that. That that means so much to hear. Yeah, it's it's so it's an honor to share and and to hear that other people connect because it's, you know, in in a way, especially if you're sharing on the internet or just at a distance, sometimes it's kind of I have all these moments. I'm like, does this make any kind of sense? Yeah. Yeah. Does, is any is this just like a weird Morgan thing or is someone else going to connect with this? So, yes, that means a lot to hear. Oh, good. It's so interesting. There's so much I want to talk about. So, But I also want to start with the question that we always start with on the show, which is, what does it mean to you to find your voice? I would say it means when I say something and after it, I'm like, yep, that's what I've been trying to say yeah. for a long time. Yes, that resonates with me too. I was going to say a minute ago too, as you were talking about that feeling we can have as writers and creators where we're creating something that feels resonant for us, you know, it's coming out of Mm -hmm. a really authentic place inside of us and putting it out on the world and hoping someone else connects too. I think a lie that we can tell ourselves, and I know I have a lot of listeners to this show who have expressed this frustration or fear is you know, because I only have a hundred people who are following me on Instagram or because I don't have a huge email list or because, you know, I don't have, my book isn't out there in the world yet that, that, that if that were different, then I would feel consistently like, of course, people are connecting with my work. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for people to hear you say, and I would say the same thing and all of us are at different places in this journey, but it's important for people to hear you say that you have 1.7 1.7 million followers on Instagram. So those of us who are on the outside might say, well, of course people are connecting with what you're putting out in the world. But that feeling as an artist, I don't think ever goes away. I don't mm-hmm. know if you would agree with that statement. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I still feel a little bit nervous every time I share anything new. And in a way, I kind of think that perhaps that is what keeps me present and it keeps Mm. me from just going into autopilot and just, Oh, you know, this will probably work. I never feel that way. (laughs) Well, I shouldn't say never. I actually do have times where I've thought, Oh, okay. Yeah, this is, this is it. And then it just flops like more than anything (laughs) I've written in forever. (laughs) 
so <laughs> I've learned that even in the even in the rare moments where I'm like, no, I'm good. This is great. Like, okay, <laughs> you still don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, amidst all of the things that that makes me feel, it, it does keep me present and it keeps me grounded to just know that yeah it's unknown like you don't know how someone's going to receive your words but the thing is is the more and more you do it the more and more you find that at least if you're if you're speaking from an honest place like it's going to connect with at least one person and sometimes that one person is yourself so yeah. sometimes i i share things that you know maybe maybe everybody didn't get out of it what i thought they would or or it it didn't, you know, whatever, engagement or whatever it is. But it's like, that was true to me. That was true to what I was, the actual experience that I had. And maybe, maybe that just needed to exist so I could see it reflected back to me. Yeah. When you're in the writing process, so I want to talk about connection because I know that's a really important part of what you make. But before we get to that place, I'm curious if, if in the writing process, are you creating from a place of just wanting to connect to yourself? Or are you creating from a place of thinking about an audience that's going to read or see what you've written or made? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say that it varies, but it's hugely connecting to if, if it's trying to connect with myself, I think this is just the way my brain works for whatever reason. It's usually a former version of myself. Yeah. Um, I don't know if other people experience this, but sometimes I'll just remember some cringy moment from freshman in college <laughs> years. And I'm like, oh, why did I say that? Or <laughs> And then it kind of becomes a moment of like, OK, maybe, Morgan, you can have compassion for that version of yourself. So I do try to pay attention when those random thoughts do come up. And a lot of times they are like petty things. Sometimes they are more serious things. But I'll write to to that version of myself. So there, yeah, a lot of what I write is is me still writing to who I was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And then I have other moments. And I think a lot of this just comes from, I've spent a lot of time in DMs and emails talking to people within my community. I remember stories that people share with me. So even hmm. if it's you know, even if, if it was just a paragraph that they wrote, there's there's just certain images that stand out to me and I, I hold on to and I remember and they'll just kind of pop up sometimes. And and I like to take those as cues of like maybe there's something more to write for that story, even if I don't send it to that person directly. Maybe there's a reason why that's kind of coming to mind. So, yeah, it's it's a little bit of both. I love that. I know for you, one of the things that's really important is as you work to create this art is that for you, it creates a way for you to forge connection with other people. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about that idea of connection because I think it's particularly important in the time that we're living in where we're quite literally more isolated than we have ever been. I mean, hopefully we're coming out on the other side of this pandemic that we've been living in for the last year or so. Many people are getting vaccinated and the world feels like it's kind of starting to open up again, but yeah. we've been incredibly practically isolated for a year. And on top of that, I mean, the, the, the conversation that's been going on for more than a year about how our online life can make us, it can, it can sort of have a, uh, <laughs> like 
seem like we're connected, but in reality, we're not as connected as we would like to be. So can you talk about in your experience, how writing and words and art have helped you to feel connected to other people? And then also like what insights have you learned about how we can create that kind of connection using our words? Oh, yes, yes. That's something I'm, I'm really passionate about, because I I felt like years ago, when it came to the internet, social media in particular, I was feeling very overwhelmed and not Mm -hmm. and, and I wasn't typically it was it was interesting, because I understood the internet and social media as a place it's like, hey, if you want to do something creative, you want to show your voice like, this is a pretty good way of doing that. However, at the same time, I was just like, but I don't really know if I'm that inspired. I shouldn't say not inspired, but it's hard to kind of stay focused and and to get out of my head and not overthink everything that I share. I was dealing with totally. a lot of that. And I noticed that for whatever reason, it was when I was interacting with people one-on-one, either through email or DMs, that was when I was inspired. Hmm. So that was in 2017 when I decided that, okay, I have to keep that as a part of my writing practice. Like I have to stay talking to people one-on-one. And it's interesting because it's like, if you want to quote unquote, grow your brand or increase mm-hmm. your audience, it seems like, well, I need to go talk to more people, not less. Yeah, <laughs> but I noticed that I don't know. There's just something about that one-on-one connection that even though it's not a real, uh, you know, face-to-face conversation, it did feel a bit more present for me to do that versus like, you know, sharing updates all the time on social media, if that makes sense. So yeah, I've kind of kept that as a part of my writing practice, even now, like when I'm, if I have like a a free afternoon, which I don't have a lot of those lately, but if I have one, (laughs) I'll just open my inbox and just respond to people one-on-one. And to me in those moments, even if I don't end up sharing everything that I wrote in those moments, it's, it's fueling some part of me that, that reminds me Ultimately, that's what matters when you share your words. You want to, you want that person to feel like you're in some kind of dialogue. And because that's what happens when you read a good book. Like you want to feel like you're having a conversation or you're listening to the author in a way that's, that feels like they're talking to you. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe some people might think this is weird, but I think just like the energy of that, of like, yeah, just spending that time one-on-one with people, whether some, you know, maybe some others may prefer to just have one-on-one phone calls often with friends, but just having those one-on-one encounters on a regular basis will kind of help you in a sense, find that, cultivate that part of your voice that is, that helps people feel seen in your words because they feel like you're talking directly to them. Yeah. That really, really lands with me. It rings true to my own experience. Part of my job outside of COVID times was, you know, traveling and speaking in front of an audience about the Mm -hmm. topics that I talk about. And one of the things that I really loved about that, I had some social anxiety, so it could be a little bit of anxiety provoking for me, but I loved the moment after I would share when people would come up and talk to me and tell me their story, because there was something for me about putting a face with a name and and hearing mm-hmm. someone tell me the thing that they were struggling with 
and being able to respond in real time to them that did for me exactly what you're talking about, where it made, you know, suddenly I was like, I have such clarity on what I would say around this, or I'm feeling really connected to you. I'm feeling that, you know, natural human connection where sometimes for me, I don't know if this happens for you, but like in my DMs or in my inbox, I, because I can't put a face to a name, sometimes I like lose the sense that these are real people really reaching out. Mm-hmm. I have to remind myself, like, this is a real human that I'm responding to. Uh, sometimes it just can feel like I have a hundred messages to respond to and I can't keep up. So, yeah. but exactly what you're talking about. I think that that it, it cultivates that feeling of inspiration where you realize that you just like you would in a conversation with a friend over coffee or over dinner, you realize you actually have a lot to say and a lot to receive and a lot to contribute and a lot to, you know, to understand and a lot to explore together. And Mm -hmm. it can feel really, the word that's coming to mind is like juicy in a way that it, it it may not feel if you're just sort of isolated and, and working on your own. Yeah. I, oh my goodness. Yes. I, I agree with everything that you just said, because it's, it is, it's tricky when you're writing for someone that you can't actually see. And you can't actually mm. know. And, but it's like they, but they are, <laughs> they are yeah. a real human being. And I've, I've had some moments where I, so what I, what I've done for years is I invite people to send me DMs and emails uh, with their story and I respond with art. And mm. at different points, I have, I respond with art and poetry. And at different points, I have opened up, I've invited people to send voice memos. And when I receive the voice memos, like it just like <laughs> it takes me a long time to respond because it hits me like, whoa, yeah. this is a real person. So yeah, it's amazing how much gets lost when it's just get when it gets pared down to words. But at the same time, I do like the challenge though, because I think that it's it I do think it makes me a better writer. Because I went through a period where when I was responding to people's emails, I was like, maybe I'll just start responding with voice memos. And I did do that, but it wasn't as challenging. It kind of just yeah. felt like returning voice. Like it felt like returning voicemails. Yeah. So um, I was like, yeah, I don't really know if how much that is helping my writing practice. But um, yeah, I kind of like that challenge of sitting there like, I don't, really know fully the tone that this person has when they were sending this message. There are some details. I I can't ask them questions. Like it's just one story. And I do kind of like that challenge of, of being able to respond in that moment. And I I think it's, I I think it's made me a better writer. Well, you're a beautiful writer and I can a hundred percent understand as a writer myself, how, connecting with people one-on-one like that would, would, you know, help you to be even more careful, I guess, and to help you choose the exact right words to speak to a specific situation. And the way that you write and not just write, but the art that you pair with your writing is so different from almost everything else that's out there. And it's a real, in a really different format and it's short form and the art is so beautifully paired with the words and the words are just so powerful. It makes me wonder where that inspiration comes from. Do you feel like this is just, you know, like this is how the words are happening inside of you. And so it's just how they come out or, or are there specific influences that you have that, that have impacted your voice over time? Yes. I think that having a music background 
kind of prepared me for what I'm doing now, which is, you know, the visual art and poetry kind of coming together to become one thing. Because I remember going to my first songwriting sessions and it was just so fascinating because we would sit here and essentially, you know, sit with another writer or two and in a way almost write a thesis statement and then like write this whole poem around it with refrains. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, now we got to turn into a song. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there's, there's so I'm still like this when it comes to writing songs. By the time I'm done with the lyrics, I'm like, Writing the actual song part feels like a whole other <laughs> project. I I envy those songwriters and those musicians where it just kind of comes in like one piece. Nope, I'm not one totally. of those. <laughs> I'm not, I can't do it. But I was just like, wow, that's like a whole separate process. But you have to do it to make the song. So when I started to write more poetry by itself, and that honestly just came from kind of twiddling my thumbs and not being able to do the things I wanted to do in music just because of budget constraints and just a lot of constraints. So I started writing poetry and I discovered as I was writing, I was like, oh, I kind of feel that way I felt in those writing sessions. I feel like something else is supposed to happen with it. So I think that's what propelled me to try to make art with the words and I am not a trained artist. I, I will say that I feel like I have I have a bit of whatever like a lot of maybe natural graphic designers like may have for spatial and understanding where things kind of go. I'm very sensitive to color. I've always been that way, but I, I'm not trained in art. I didn't go to school for it. I am YouTube educated. I just <laughs> looked up things and I was like, I just feel like I have these words. But I just feel like they should be pink. (laughs) I feel like they should be blue. (laughs) Like, why does it have to be black and white? So, yeah, I was I was really grateful and inspired by people who when I started sharing these things, they were saying, hey, can I repost this? I was Hmm. like, are you sure? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) this is this is like the most amateur thing. But um, yeah, as a result of that, I ended up I ended up kind of creating a whole sort of style for myself and and one thing I always like to because I I do get asked a lot like well how do you keep it going like how do you do it and honestly that was the first time in a long long time where I felt like a kid again and I wasn't worried about how will this be monetized like I really wasn't and I honestly feel like I know not everyone's an artist but I do hope that everybody, I think everybody is worthy of having something like that in their life. That it's just like, I feel like I'm six years old again and there's not a care in the world and I'm just going to do it because it's fun. (laughs) And I can honestly say that's how I felt when I started doing these little, you know, doodles on my iPad. Well, two things I want to point out that you said that I just want to make sure our listeners aren't missing. Number one is I loved that you said that you are are creating this art and you have no training in it because one of the pieces of feedback that I hear a lot of times from writers that I work with is they're worried that they aren't a real writer because they don't have a degree and they don't have any specific training. And so they feel like maybe I'm not really cut out to write this book or write this blog or whatever it is that I'm trying to create. And I'm always just reminding people that there's no set of qualifications that 
you have to have in order to make what you want to make that you can just want to make it. And so you can go make it. Yeah. (laughs) And that even the most qualified or trained writers out there in the world, I've, I've worked with some of them and they still believe that they aren't qualified enough or trained enough. So Mm. just a good reminder to those of us who feel like maybe I don't check this box or that box. And so I don't have what it takes to write this book. Just a reminder that many of us have that same kind of sense and not to let that get in the way of creating what we were put here to create. And then the second half of that, which is connected is this idea of creating from that childlike place where we're not trying to monetize something. We're not trying to come up with a business model. We're not wondering like how many people will buy this or how much will they pay or is a publisher going to like this or is an agent going to like it, but that we're just creating from the, from the depths, you know, Mm -hmm. I tell writers a lot of times who are worried about the size of their platform, that there's something really special about creating an obscurity because Mm -hmm. You don't have to try to, you know, disconnect that part of your brain that's wondering what's my agent going to think or what's my editor going to think or am I going to get, you know, a good advance for this idea. You get to do exactly what you're talking about, which is just creating from that childlike place, you know, just sort of like being and existing in the world and and really truly believing that that who you are is special and remarkable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so true. And and one thing that I have been honestly even just convicted by recently uh, back in February, I watched a documentary on HBO max. And I think it's on YouTube as well. And it's called um, I'm maybe paraphrasing the title here, but it's called black art in the absence of uh, in the absence of light. Hmm. And kind of the thesis of the documentary are these artists, these black artists who were not seen and not appreciated and acknowledged for their work and how they continue to work and make beautiful things in the absence of light when no one was paying attention to them. And there was this one story in, in there that just really stood out to me of, of a, a, a ceramic artist who was a slave and created these beautiful ceramics and no one knew about them until much, much later on. And I just think about, I, I just think about that a lot because I'm like, you know, I think in our, in our fast paced world, it can, it can start to seem as though, you know, if you're not seen and heard immediately, then you don't matter. Yeah. But that's just not true. Um, It's possible. I, I think about this a lot and it's hard to think about. I'm like, there could be what if the best thing I ever wrote is on like the fifth to last page of some journal I finished seven years ago yeah. and like my grandkid finds it like <laughs> yeah. forever later and decides to share it. And it's like, Oh, there's Morgan's best. And I'm yeah. like long gone. So, you know, I can't control that. I don't. <laughs> so yeah, that's just something that I, I've been thinking about a lot and, and just thinking of, you know, what am I willing to, like, even at, at a, the stage I'm at now where I, I've had the opportunity to have my work seen and heard, it's like, what am I going to, what am I willing to pour pour myself into, even if it doesn't get heard for a while? Yes. So yeah, that's something I've been sitting with. It's such a strong question. It's such a good one for all of us. What am I willing to pour myself into, even if it doesn't get seen or heard? A great reflection question for all of us who are listening can I, is it okay with you if I read some of your words from all along you were blooming? Because oh. it, it connects perfectly with, I have it bookmarked by the way on my desk because I was, <laughs> um, I've, I've read this a handful of times this week, but it also connects perfectly with what you're talking about. Mm, thank you. Yes, of course. Okay. So you write, 
I'm not sure who has made you feel insignificant, but I can assure you, no matter how you've been made to feel, your voice deserves to be heard. Your words are meant to be felt, and the life that comes out of you is unique to you and no one else. You may not have the next few years figured out, and there are times when you want to speak up, but you don't know how. But when the words do finally come and you find the courage to open up, your story will not be too much. Mm. I love that so much. And like I said, I have this bookmark sitting on my desk. This book is one of uh, just a couple that I keep along with Mary Oliver's collection of poetry and Mm. John O'Donohue's book of blessings that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt when I pick it up and I can flip open to almost any page and, and read what's there, that it's going to have that nourishing, transformative effect on me. And that that particular piece feels like it, it embodies everything that I talk about and teach at Find Your Voice and really the reason why I created the organization in the first place. Mm. I just love how perfectly you say that. And I wanted our readers or our listeners to hear those words because I wanted them to feel that same reminder that you're giving them their story matters and that they have every right to share it however they choose to do that. Wow. Well, thank you for saying that. And after you said that, and you said you have Mary Oliver and Book of Blessings, I'm looking next to me and I'm like, well, I have those right here too. So (laughs) (laughs) that means so much to me. I, yeah, Mary Oliver and John O'Donohue are two of my favorites. So well, yeah, that makes sense that they'd be influences for you. Thank you. You have a new book coming out on April 27th. It's called How Far Have You Come? Musings on Beauty and Courage. Can you just talk to us a little bit about the book? Yeah. So this book actually started with an iPhone photo that is the cover of the book. And it's a photo that I took in, at sunrise, uh, leaving Albuquerque, New Mexico at, at sunrise in the morning. And it's a photo that I've returned to a lot. I've pulled color palettes from this photo. It is just one of my favorite photos. And it's a photo I think anybody could have taken because the moment was just so beautiful. And anyone who held up a phone could have taken this photo. And yeah, I just, I, I returned to it so much. And during the past year, uh, right around the time the f- uh, first lockdown started, I was just kind of reminiscing and going through photos and I landed on it again. And I had a thought and I was like, isn't it interesting how this photo is so beautiful to me? And to me, it just encapsulate so much of what I love about nature, about color, about light, all these things. And mm. At the same time, I was really struggling at that time in my life. I was a touring musician, just struggling financially, just a lot of unknowns, a lot of stress. And I just started thinking about other moments in my life where I was literally on a a beautiful landscape. I was in a place that was I was in a place that was beautiful and Yet in my, as John O'Donohue would say, my inner mm-hmm. landscape, yeah. I was I, I was in turmoil and I was learning how to, to find courage. So this book is a walk through a drive that starts in Atlanta, Georgia, where I grew up, a drive through eight different landscapes in eight different states. And what I've learned in each of those landscapes, the beauty that I've seen and also the courage that I found and the every section has an essay and there's 
poetry and art in every section. And the poetry is inspired by the stories that I've encountered either in my own family history or stories that people have shared with me and just, and, and just hope that this is a book of honoring how far we've come, honoring those moments of beauty and courage in our lives. Hmm. I can't wait for this book to come out. I already have it pre-ordered. It should be out in just a couple of days now. So if you're listening to this, I am going to strongly encourage you to go and pre-order the book now and you'll get it in just a couple of days you know, like you've heard me talk about, you're one of those writers that I uh, just don't even need to know the details of a book. I just trust that it's going to be amazing. And I just put it on pre-order as soon as I see it. So I just can't wait to get it in my hands and, and be able to read more of your words. Well, thank you. Can we talk about some of like the practicalities of what your writing life looks like? Because like I said, we've got a lot of listeners on the show who are either writers or aspiring writers, or they're trying to practice owning this title of writer. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really helpful for people to hear really practically speaking, like, what does it look like for you to sit down and write something? Do you, and and you can be as practical as you feel like being, but I always talk about how, like, before I sit down and write, I have this weird compulsion to make sure the kitchen is clean and the dishes are done. And sometimes I'm like, the refrigerator really needs to be clean. The condiment (laughs) bottles, they need to be like, you know, wiped down with hot water. I don't know. It's just like my own weird way of avoiding the writing, I think. But I think even down to those quirky things, it's helpful for our listeners to hear yeah, what your writing life looks like. Oh, yes. So I feel like I have two different writing lives. <laughs> I feel like I have the ideal writing life that I get to do some of the time and I'm trying to work on doing it more of the time. And then I have, I, I'm i working on a long project right now and I literally wrote, I was very proud of myself. I wrote 1500 words while my toddler took a nap on me yesterday <laughs> in my notes app. And I was like, okay, I guess that's it. I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> We're getting this story out in a notes app where, you know, there's a toddler sleeping right here. So I have, yeah, like I said, I have two. The, the, and this, I'll start with the second one. Yeah, my life is, is pretty busy right now. I have a lot of different things going on. So I try to just use whatever tools I have to write down ideas that I have as they're coming to me. And I use this app called otter.ai. It's, it's a voice recording app that does transcriptions. So I use that a lot. If I, you know, my hands aren't free and I just need to be able to say it out loud. And then, yeah, I use the notes app. It is not organized. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just start writing. And, and what I found is that it's interesting. What happens is when I do get to my second writing life, which is where I get to sit down and I'll talk about that in a second. When I do get to that, I go through my notes app and I go through Otter and I find the longest sections that I manage to write about. And then that's what I kind of dig into. So when I do get to get to my desk, for me, the first thing it's, it's music. I have an instrumental uh, playlist on Spotify and it's public. If anybody wants to listen to it, um, Amazing. just type, type in my name on Spotify. Um, it, the playlist should come up and yeah, I have, I have this instrumental writing playlist. I almost always listen to it in exactly that order. The first song is by an incredible artist named Rosie Chan. It's called autumn. And I just work my way down that list There's something about those songs in that order 
that just helps me focus. So <laughs> and good. Help me get the words on on a page. And this current, I'm looking at the date now. This current version of the playlist has been this way since October of last year. So it could change at some point, but as of right now, um, <laughs> that is that playlist. It 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 takes me there. And yeah, really instrumental music and a cup of coffee really get me to that place of like, okay, let's get a paragraph down. Let's get Amazing. another paragraph down. One paragraph at a time, one sentence at a time. Yes. Well, I'm so grateful you touched on this idea of the writing life not being perfect because I think this is one of the big mental obstacles that gets in the way of people actually getting their words down on the page is we have this vision in our mind of what the writing life looks like. And I make the joke, my vision was like cabin in the woods, Mm. person perched at a typewriter, like light streaming perfectly in through the window. (laughs) And just sort of like this inspired, like, you know, quick fingers moving on the typewriter and the words just, and I'm like, why typewriter? Like, why is that my, (laughs) when have I ever written on a typewriter? (laughs) I think it's because you really sound like you're doing something on a typewriter. Yeah. It's like, you can be typing, (laughs) hello, my name is, but on a typewriter, it's so You really look like, yeah. It's like, wow, they're, yeah, they're really working. (laughs) Something important is happening there. Yeah. (laughs) But that image, the vision, whatever it is for us of how books actually get written or how writing actually gets done becomes this obstacle that feels really insurmountable when we think like, well, I don't have the resources or the time Mm -hmm. to book a cabin away for myself in the woods. I've got people depending on me. I've got kids. I've got a job. I've got, you know, all the things that we have to take care of. And the reality of the matter is from my experience, much more what you're talking about. I immediately thought when you were talking about, you know, typing in the notes app with your toddler sleeping on you, an author who we're working with, who has a contract with a publisher and is working on his first trade length book and, and has written most of the book with his thumbs while he's holding his young daughter while she's Mm, sleeping. And it's just, to me, such a good reminder that the way books get written, there, there are a thousand ways that books get written, but a lot of the clients that we work with are writing their books, you know, in the late nighttime hours or early, early morning hours, or, you know, on the, mm-hmm. not the hood, the the like dashboard of their car while they're waiting to pick their kids up from soccer practice or with a toddler sleeping on their lap in their notes app or using Otter. Mm-hmm. You know, Otter yeah. is a tool that we use too. It's a really great tool. Yes. So, okay. One last question for you. Writing, as we all know, can be a lot of things. It can be this really uh, cathartic, inspiring, beautiful process. And it can also drag up old memories and it can come with a lot of complicated emotions and it can be, you know, we have to overcome our own resistance in order to do it. So I'm always curious to know from people who have written as prolifically as you have, what is it that keeps you coming back again and again? I think it's the stories that I know are still unfolding within my own life. Answers that maybe I don't have but want to have. I am a very uh, answer-driven person. I want answers. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm always digging, trying to find them, even where there are none. So I think a lot of times it's that. So it's it may not even always be healthy, you know, in that sense. Uh, but at the same time, um, one of my favorite writers, Joan Didion, and I'm paraphrasing, but she said, like, I, I write to know what I think. So I think there's a lot of things that I'm like, I, 
I don't know how I feel about that, but I feel as though I must figure it out. I, I yes. must get to the bottom of it. And, you know, sometimes it's actually not even big things. Sometimes it's, it's somewhere that I've been something like I have this, I, I don't know why, but I, I was at someone's house. I don't even remember whose house it is, but there was a certain, it was a corner of their house where they had a wooden piano and the sun, it was afternoon and the sun was pouring in on the piano and you could like see the little dust in the air that was kind of coming in from the window and all of these little things. And I'm like, why do I remember this moment? I don't remember whose house it is. I don't <laughs> like, what does this mean? So sometimes it's driven by those kind of curiosities of like, why do I keep thinking about this? Why do I keep coming back to it? And I think that ultimately is what keeps me coming back to the page. So I think it's a lot of curiosity and, Mm. and yeah, I I just, it it won't seem to leave me. (laughs) So I might as well make something of it. I, I am right there with you. That's a beautiful way to say that. And I'm personally just so grateful that you keep coming back to the page. I mean, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, that your words have had such a transformative impact on me. And I know they have for so many of the people who are listening to, and so many people I know who have said that to me as well. So I'm grateful for the way that you have had the courage and the bravery that it takes to show up and to practice and to play and to try things and to not know if they're going to work and to put them out into the world because we all get to reap the benefit of that. So thank you for that. And thank you for being here with us today. Where can listeners find you and especially where can they go buy the book? Hmm, well, thank you. So I am Morgan Harper Nichols pretty much everywhere. Morgan Harper Nichols on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and MorganHarperNichols.com. There's a link that says new book and that will show you where how far you have come is available. Amazing. Thank you again, Morgan, for being with us today. We're so grateful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.